Hello, my friends. It's February 6, 2022. You are tuned into Canadian Patriot Radio. And I am your host, and my name is Critch. So, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Um, of course, we've got the GoFundMe fuck around. Um, I honestly hope that this, this buries GoFundMe, if you want my honest opinion. We're going to cover that. Uh, we got the military telling the Canadian government to pound sand. They aren't going to touch the protests in Ottawa. Uh, we've got some interesting evidence that actually came by way of the Canadian government that we're going to get into that uh, shows that the vaccinated are could potentially be in a lot of trouble. Uh, we kind of we've got quite a bit of stuff to to uh, cover today. But what I wanted to do first was I kind of wanted to turn it over to one of our main contributors, Chef. He did a great update today um, on Facebook Live, and uh, I figured, you know, that's a really good way to open the show. So we're going to just turn it over to Chef and let him tell you guys what's going on. Well, what is up, world? Um, hello, Ottawa. Um, I didn't make it up this weekend, but I saw lots of footage, and it is still going. You know, I am so proud to be Canadian. And, you know, I've been thinking about what makes Canada so great. You know, I mean, we've got the greatest hockey players. You know, Sidney Crosby, Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, fucking Lindros, fuck Guy Lafleur, Rocket Richard, and Felix Potvin. I mean, just to name a few, right? The introduction of insulin, saving billions of lives for generations around the world. Canada arm on the space shuttle, its contributions to NASA with the uh, Avro Aero project. I mean, hey, if it wasn't for Canada, pretty much a lot of the modern world wouldn't be here. Telephone, you know, radio signals, sonar, ro- or sorry, uh, radar, you know. Canada's made some monumental contributions to the world. And then a couple of weeks ago, they started it off with another monumental contribution to the world with the truck convoy, supporting freedom, and it grabbed a hold of the farmers and the tow truckers and everything, and it just grew and grew and grew, and now it has lit a fire around the world. There are truck convoys going on in Australia, all across Europe, stateside, there's multitude of protests going on across the country. So, Justin Trudeau, fuck you and your fringe minority. You're the fringe. You're a goof. Resign. We hate you. The country has spoken. End the mandates. We see that Alberta's got balls. They lifted theirs. Saskatchewan has balls. They lifted theirs. So, Doug Ford, Justin Trudeau, where are your balls? Because I don't think you guys have any. Because so far, Justin, all you've done is hide and run and hide like a little bitch. Instead of facing the music and doing what you're supposed to do. Because you work for us. You're employed by us. We don't work for you. And you don't dictate to us. Fuck all. We have a system in place. And you've broken it. And you've used it to your own selfish advantage and you've created a rift of hate in this country that I don't think has ever been seen before I am absolutely ashamed and disgusted of you and Doug Ford I really hope that you got balls that you can stand up to against fucking Trudeau and say enough's enough and free 
this wonderful province and let us go back to life because Ottawa has got millions of people in it right now it is now the world's largest convoy the world's largest protest and the world's largest block party there's been no violence there's been a few very small incidences out of the millions of people that have been there I would think that the few pathetic little things that the media is able to spin have been um, insignificant in the grand scheme of things there's no hatred the truckers are not beating up homeless to get fucking food. They're donating food to the kitchens because they have so much there that they can't go through it themselves. The entire event is very family-oriented. They've got bouncing castles up there for the kids. They've got themselves set up with a nice little soup kitchen. It's glorious what's going on up there. They're shoveling their own snow, removing their own garbage, keeping the city clean so that if and when they're told they can go home because mandates are lifted or Trudeau's resigned, then there's not a big pile of shit for them to be left behind for the media to bitch about. So, are we in this together? I don't think we are. That's been pretty apparent that we haven't. People have gotten jabs. People have gotten sick. They've done it three, four times, and now they just keep force-feeding the same bullshit rhetoric down your throat. Get your jab, get your jab, get your jab. Don't get your jab. Don't inject yourself with poison. Do not comply to the bullshit. Do not give in to the fear. A couple of years of being called horrific things and receiving death threats and losing people that were close to me that I thought would be there for years, you know, it's okay. All it did over the last couple of years is really define who I am and show me who they were. I've gained more trustworthy, loving people in my life over this last couple of years than I ever had before. So, you know, to the people I used to work with, you know who you are. For two years, you made me feel like I was the enemy. Like I was in the wrong. At every opportunity, you fuckers took a knife and stabbed it into my back. Thank you. Because now that I don't work with you, I am stress-free and happier now than I've ever been in my life. Am I making the money I used to make? Hell no. Does that suck? Yes. But every other element of my life is better because I am separated from the bullshit and the drama of working with a whole bunch of people that were riddled with fear. I know I'm not the easiest person to work with all the time because I work. And I can be a bit of a dick. It's the chef within me. But some of the bullshit they put me through, I didn't deserve. Some of the other shit that I did, I 100% deserve. I fucked my job up there. That was 100% me, I will admit to it. But there was a lot of underlying facts that went on there behind the scenes that didn't get talked about. And they fucking painted a picture on me to make me look like I'm the enemy, that I'm typhoid Mary. Well, fuck you, okay? I don't work with you anymore, so I don't need to be nice to you anymore. You can all go fuck yourself, you bitches, okay? You know who I'm talking about. Yeah!
freedom is a good thing. I was born in Canada under the charter. I have court coming up on Friday with Todd. I'm submitting my charter. I'm submitting my quote from Justin Trudeau. And I'm submitting the Bill of Rights. That's the only evidence that I need to submit to beat the system. Because it says right there that I have the right to protest. And being given fines for protesting is a whole bunch of bullshit. I see millions of people in Ottawa right now, not one person getting a fucking fine. So, Chief Vandergraaff, you can suck my balls, all right? If you think that I'm going to get charged with this shit, you have got another thing coming. There's already been people going through the system. It's been thrown out. Precedents have been set. So, sorry, police. Sorry, town of Coburg. Um, there's not going to be an example made out of me eat my ass, okay? I'm tired of you all. I have a legal right to do what I did and I will defend that right till I fucking die. There's nothing you can do about it. Besides, most of your other uniformed officers out there are actually really cool. They know that this is bullshit. They just don't have the balls to stand up to you and say no. Whatever. Anyway, folks, I have to go do work now, alright? I've done my rant. I have said what I wanted to say. And if you have the ability to get your ass up to Ottawa and go check out firsthand what's going on because you haven't been there, then do it. Load up the car with a bunch of people, make the trip. It is well worth it. You will not be disappointed. It's the most patriotic thing you will ever see in your life. A sea of Canadian flags, families, people dancing, Canadians of every background, every creed, every culture, every color truckers fit in the same bill okay there's vaxxed unvaxxed masked unmasked just people that are unified and sick of the lockdown the restrictions and the bullshit it is time for us to get back to life it is time for everybody here to call the governor general's office and the pm's office and voice your complaints Vote non-confidence on this tool, okay? We got to get him out of office. At least the conservatives stepped up and they got Sheer out, so let's see what ends up going on there. I'd like to see Pierre Polivier go for it, because, I mean, that guy's got balls. He'd be a fucking epic prime minister. I'd like to see Maxime Bernier, too. Like, the only guy who's ever really stood by our freedoms openly for the last two years in the media. Either one of those two. It'd be better than the donkey dick that we have that's acting as prime minister right now. And I say acting, because the guy used to be a drama teacher. Remember that, because he certainly isn't a politician. He might have been born into it, but he's a failed drama teacher, so he's nothing but an actor. I hate you, Justin. You are a goof. I fucking hate you. Ugh. Just listening to him triggers me so bad. Anyway, I'm done. I was a little bit pissy this morning when I woke up because I'm tired. I'm really crusty. <laughs> I had to get it out. I've heard people talking a bunch of shit about what's going on in Ottawa. My first question to them is, oh, did you go? And they say, no, they saw it on the news. So direct them to videos and direct them to everything about what's going on in Ottawa because I am sick of CBC, CTV, and all these other mainstream medias lying their fucking face off about what's going on up in Ottawa. Okay, because this isn't just going up in Ottawa. It's going on across the country and around the world, and it started right here in Canada. Okay? Anyway, I'm done. I got to go to work. Peace out. Stay safe.
Welcome, friends, to Canadian Patriot Radio, where conspiracy is not theory and political corruption finds the spotlight. CPR, we are committed to upholding Canadians' God-given rights to life, liberty, and freedom with all thy sons. Command. Welcome back, my friends. I bet you didn't think you'd be opening a CPR episode with your Facebook update, did you, Chef? <laughs> oh, that was good. It was so good. I was like, man, let's open the show with that one. Uh, just so you guys are aware, um, Chef and Todd are slated for an upcoming episode. We just got to get our schedules all working together and we're all three of us are going to go through and... Um, <clears throat> The fellas are going to update me on everything Ontario and let me know uh, everything about the uh, convoy and everything from their angle. And they're going to inform us of everything <clears throat> happening out their way. So where are we going to first here, my friends? We are going to cover the GoFundMe fuck around that we are currently witnessing. This first article comes to us by way of the Epoch Times. And it was written by Omid Omid. Goreshi, February 4th, 2022. GoFundMe seizes 10 million of truckers' protest fundraising. We'll give to charities instead. <clears throat> this has since been updated, but we're going to go through this because there's a couple of articles that I want to go through. <clears throat> GoFundMe says it won't be giving the 10 million raised to support the truckers protesting COVID-19 mandates to the organizers anymore saying it will instead work with the organizers, organizers to send the funds to established charities verified by GoFundMe. Now, can you imagine if they actually went through with this? The fucking lawsuits from everybody that donated to the actual convoy that they would have been facing? Anyway, let's carry on. To ensure GoFundMe remains a trusted platform, we work with local authorities to ensure we have a detailed, factual understanding of events taking place on the ground. The fundraising platform said in a statement on February 4th. Well, clearly they, they, they don't. Clearly they don't. You heard in the pre-show, Chef telling you exactly what's going on on the ground in Ottawa. 
And where where's uh, GoFundMe getting their information from? Following a review of relevant facts and multiple discussions with local law enforcement and city officials, this fundraiser is now in violation of our terms of service. Term 8, which prohibits the promotion of violence and harassment and has been removed from the platform. GoFundMe added it has evidence from law enforcement that the previously peaceful demonstration has become an occupation with police reports of violence and other unlawful activity. John Carpe, John Carpe, president of the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, which is providing legal representation uh, for the organizers, told the Epoch Times that the linking of protests, protesters to violent or unlawful activity is unfounded. I would just like to step out and say it is absolutely epic that the organizers of the Freedom Convoy have the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms as their, their attorneys. Uh, very smart move. The only thing that I can say, you know, just stepping out of this article for a minute, I cringed. I cringed immediately when I seen that it was a GoFundMe um, crowdsourcing. They were using GoFundMe for their crowdsourcing. Simply because um, those of us in the truth and freedom movement have seen GoFundMe fuck around um, freedom and truth movements for years. So I, I knew it was probably just a matter of time. And unfortunately, they, they, they're letting their true colors show. But the best thing about this is now everyday normies are seeing what GoFundMe is all about. So it's good. It's actually good. <clears throat> Carpe said the organizers have maintained that the protests are peaceful. It's a constitutional freedom to protest peacefully, Carpe said. He also said that it's, it's his understanding from people on the ground that people can move freely in Ottawa. For example, in a recent case of emergency, uh, an emergency vehicle was able to rapidly race through the streets because the trucks were neatly parked off to the side. They're not obstructing the daily lives of people in Ottawa, and they're committed to peace and nonviolence, he said. The Epoch, Epoch Times reached out to GoFundMe for comment but didn't immediately hear back. GoFundMe had earlier put a freeze in uh, withdrawal of the funds as it undertook a review to ensure it complies with our terms of service and apl applicable laws and regulations. Keith Wilson, a lawyer from the Justice Centre representing the organizers, had said earlier at a February 3rd press conference that GoFundMe has been bombarded with an orchestrated social media and other campaigns to try and shut the fundraiser down. Ottawa police have made a few arrests while the protesters remain in Ottawa. On February 1st, the Ottawa Police Service announced that it had charged one man with mischief under 5,000 and another man with carrying a weapon to a meeting. Police charged another man from Quebec while in Ottawa on February 2nd in relation to threats and comments made on social media. Police say there have been no injuries or riots during the protests. I would just like to say that I, <laughs> this guy that they arrested from Quebec for threats or comments made on social media, those better be substantial threats. Like, to be combing people's fucking Facebooks, Facebook accounts and arresting them when you see them, that shit is straight up Gestapo. That is Gestapo behavior. That That's unbelievable. Like, so basically they're admitting to you right there what they're already doing. Carrying on. <clears throat> I have it on very reliable information that people from the movement were not associated and that the offenses related to property uh, and that pr offenses related to property damage and just an assault this morning committed by the agitators were witnessed and reported by a trucker and one of our volunteer security personnel. 
which was reported to the police and handled by the Ottawa Police Service, said Daniel Bulford, a former RCMP officer who worked as a sniper to protect the Prime Minister and is now helping the protest organizers at the February 3rd conference. Preliminary data shows there have been there has been a decline in police reported street crime since the protests began in downtown Ottawa, according to Blacklock's reporter. So it's actually good for the city. Oh my god. In the weeks prior to the protest, there were 31 police calls for crimes such as robbery, assault, drug trafficking, public drunkenness, and other crimes in the Ottawa district um, the protest is set up in. But there were only three reports of street crime since the protest began, Blacklock's reporter said. In a February 4th post on Twitter, Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson thanked the GoFundMe for listening to the plea made by the city and the Ottawa police to no longer provide funds to the convoy organizers. Oh, so it's the mayor. I'm hopeful that limiting their access to funding and resourcing will restrict their ability to remain in Ottawa. Well, someone, oh my God, someone shake this guy. They, so far, every single truck and every person there has been, has been there out of their own pocket. How are you, how are you restricting a GoFundMe that none of these people had ever seen a dime from yet? Is, is how is that going to limit their ability to stay in Ottawa until the, their demands are met there, Jim Watson? What a loser. GoFundMe had earlier allowed withdrawal of $1 million by the organizers to be used for expenses such as fuel food for the protesters. Well, I guess there you go. So they did actually get some money out. I should have kept reading. <laughs> oh, well. <clears throat> the, fundraiser, the fundraising platform said in its February 4th statement that donors may submit a request for, full re, for a full refund of their donation until February 19th. Then what? What are you going to do with their money? Like you have some sort of say over it. You're literally, literally just a platform that people share money with other people on. Like what gives you any right? <clears throat> Obviously, they probably have some fucking small print that most people don't read that basically would say that if it goes unclaimed, they get it. That's probably how GoFundMe makes all their money. <clears throat> what a crooked fucking organization. But at least now everybody sees it. Uh, the trucker convoy demonstration initially started as a protest against the federal government's requirement for truck drivers crossing the U.S.-Canada border to have COVID-19 vaccination, but became a large movement as many across Canada opposing various COVID-19 mandates and restrictions joined the protest. The convoy converged on Ottawa January 29th, and many protesters have remained in the city, parking their trucks and vehicles by Parliament Hill. Sounds of horn honking and protesters can be heard throughout the day. Protesters say they will remain in the nation's capital until the government removes COVID-19 mandates. The organizers have now set up an alternative do donation site on Go uh, Give Send Go, which they say will ensure that the money gets to the protesters. The donation site has raised over $175,000 in just a few hours after its creation. So there you go. <clears throat> they've already uh, uh, they've already found a, uh, probably a straighter platform. And uh, I guess the legal proceedings will uh, commence now when it, when it comes to GoFundMe. Okay, now I just want to go through one more update from the Epoch Times on this, this topic. And the title reads, GoFundMe says all donations to Trucker Convoy will be automatically refunded. And guess who stepped in, my friends? You're never going to believe this. Guess who stepped in for the, for the Freedom Convoy in Canada? Ron DeSantis from Florida. You got to check this shit out. This is awesome. Florida to investigate. This was written by uh, Zachary Stiber, uh, February 5th, 2022. 
GoFundMe fundraise, uh, the GoFundMe fundraising platform said February 5th it will automatically refund donations made to a trucker convoy in Canada protesting COVID-19 vaccine mandates after backlash. GoFundMe said Friday it was preventing the funds from going to organizers of the Freedom Convoy and would instead send the money to established charities verified by GoFundMe. The justification for the unusual move? We now have evidence from law enforcement that previously peaceful demonstrations have become an occupation with police reports of violence and other unlawful activity, GoFundMe said. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see their evidence. The website didn't provide any evidence of the alleged violence or unlawful activity. John Carpe, president of the Justice Centre for Constitutional Freedom, a legal group representing the convoy organizers, told the Epoch Times that the fundraising company has no credibility without making the evidence public. Bang. <laughs> Me and John Carpe are on the exact same page. Organizers told a briefing that uh, organizers told a briefing that police officers were using measures typically utilized by oppressive regimes to try and take away the truckers' right of peaceful assembly and freedom of expression. And media reports and officials were falsely linking crimes committed by outsiders with the protesters. In its update on Saturday, GoFundMe, which hasn't responded to requests for comment, claimed it had already enabled donors to get a refund and only the remaining funds would have been distributed to charities. However, due to donor feedback, we are simplifying the process. We will automatically refund all contributions directly. Donors do not need to, need to submit a request. You can expect to see your refund within 7 to 10 business days, the company said. GoFundMe's actions have drawn scrutiny, particularly in light of the platform allowing campaigns for people linked to violence before. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a Republican, like that, what does that matter, said it was, it was fr uh, fraud for the GoFundMe to commandeer $9 million in donations sent to support truckers and give it to causes of their own choosing. DeSantis said he will look he will work with Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody to investigate these deceptive practices. These donors should be given a refund. Jeff Laudry, uh, the Attorney General of Louisiana and West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey also said they would probe GoFundMe's practices. Oh, this is epic. It's 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 drawn the attention of attorney generals all over the states. This is wicked. You ever want to see unity? Look at what's going on right now. You've got attorney generals in the U.S. stepping in for the convoy, the Freedom Convoy in Canada, in Ottawa. How fucking awesome is that? My office will be looking into whether or not GoFundMe violated our state law, Laundry, a, a Republican wrote on Twitter, adding that residents who donated to the convoy should contact his office's consumer protection suction. Convoy organizers have recently turned to Give, Send, Go, a GoFundMe competitor, to raise funds. Give, Send, Go was down Saturday due to a bot cyber attack, a spokeswoman told the Epoch Times via email. She said the company was working fast and as hard as we can to restore the website. Oh man, my friends, we've got AGs, state AGs now looking at GoFundMe. This is going to bury GoFundMe. You, if you want my prediction, GoFundMe is going to be a thing of the past once this is over. Now to have basically the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms on the north side of the border looking into it. You've got Ron DeSantis, the governor from Florida, looking at it and various state um, attorney generals all looking into GoFundMe. They better come up with that evidence. They better have hard fucking evidence. Like, and I mean hard evidence, not just he said, she said, this guy was a trucker and, and caused some violence downtown. Like they, they're claiming 
that the trucking convoy is an occupation. That it right there, you better have some hard fucking evidence or you are going to get your ass sued into the ground and you will be no more. Do you want my prediction on how that's going to go? <laughs> Bye-bye, GoFundMe. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to switch gears now, my friends, and we're going to turn it over to the National Post. And the title of this one reads, uh, Military Tells Ottawa to Find Someone Else to Evict the Truckers. Uh, this was actually sent uh, or brought to my attention by Danine Satan. And it was written by Tristan Hopper on February 4th, 2022. Despite the Ottawa police briefly raising the possibility of a military intervention to clear stubborn holdout, to clear a stubborn holdout of Freedom Convoy truckers blockading their downtown, the Canadian Armed Forces have been quick to say they will be doing no such thing. A, spokes a spokesperson for the Minister of Defence told the Wall Street Journal on Thursday, the Canadian Armed Forces are not involved in law enforcement in this situation, and there are no plans for such Canadian Armed Forces involvement. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau also said Thursday that a military response is not in the cards right now. <laughs> He the only ones that would come to the aid of this guy would be uh, his installed um, leaders of the military, and then the blue hats. If you really want my if you really want my opinion, okay, one has to be very cautious before deploying military forces in situations engaging Canadians. He said, "Oh fuck!" Like he wouldn't love to do it as he's hiding wherever the hell he is in in BC with his so-called COVID case. There have been two prior incidents in modern times of the Canadian military being called into quell civil unrest. The first, the 1970 October crisis, actually worked great at stamping out Quebec separatist terrorism. But the sign of armed soldiers detaining even, even peaceful Quebec nationalists en masse has always been a mark on the legacy of the Prime Minister uh, Pierre Trudeau. Oh, imagine that. The second, the 1990 Oka crisis, had a much more checkered legacy. The military did eventually compel a Mohawk-led protest to stand down their blockade of a disputed golf course expansion. But the whole thing was so messy, it's mostly become a template for what not to do. The experience of Oka is arguably a key reason why Canadian law enforcement is hesitating to bring the hammer down on, on blockades of any kind, even when they completely seize the country's rail lines for days on end. Now, I'd like to just take a step out for a minute because I've heard that in Ottawa, um, the natives have basically struck a claim to the land that the uh, Parliament building is on. They're they're, they're claiming, hey, this is not this is actually our our land, <laughs> and you guys are basically trespassing. So how epic is that? <laughs> oh, but of course, you know, it's it's all a racist. It's all white supremacist. It's all racist. The convoy's racist, right? Meanwhile, the natives themselves are saying, hey, if you don't want to play ball, maybe you could fuck off. <laughs> Anyways, all this military talk started only because Ottawa Police Chief Peter Soley said Wednesday there may not be a policing solution to this demonstration and that we're looking at every single option, including military aid to civil power. Uh, Freedom Convoy still refuses to leave until Ottawa meets their not tremendously realistic demand of ending all COVID, COVID uh, strict strictures. Oh, here we go. The National Post has to... Uh, uh, <clears throat> has to uh, make sure that their uh, the people that line their pockets are pleased with their coverage of this. So obviously the National Post has globalist um, donators to their cause. Uh, let's skip that that art that right there because the whole thing just pissed me off. That, that paragraph. 
<clears throat> Meanwhile, Torontonians are worrying that their downtown will be the next to fall victim to an invasion of big rigs that refuse to leave. So far, the only evidence of a Toronto demonstration is a series of flyers circulating online calling for a convoy to blockade the Ontario Legislation Assembly starting on Saturday. Well, it is Sunday, and Toronto. Uh, you heard Chef say there's probably 2,000 people in downtown Toronto, so uh, it happened. <laughs> it happen- it's happening everywhere. It's happening in, in Manitoba. Um, every, all the Manitobans that uh, uh, they've been going to their legislation now for two, t- I believe, two weekends in a row. I've been following them quite closely because, as you guys know, I can sneak across the line. I've gone to a couple of uh, Manitoba Freedom uh, meetings, and uh, they are they are right on top of it. Great people out in Manitoba. So shout out to everybody that's working in Manitoba to end the mandates there. <clears throat> um, we're going to skip that too because it's dated. Uh, Freedom Convoy is technically polling higher than the Liberal Party of Canada right now. A new Abacus data poll found that 32% of Canadians have a lot in common with the protesters and how they are seeing things. That's not a lot, but the latest poll had the Liberals polling at just 28.2% if an election were to be held tomorrow. Another interesting takeaway from the Abacus poll, the Green Party supporters, 57% are on board with the truckers. Um, The rest is all about GoFundMe, so we've been updated on that. Except for down here. Nope, we've got we're updated, so we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next one, my friends. So we're gonna just get, get a a couple of minutes here from uh, re- retired RCMP sniper uh, Daniel Bulford, and and this kind of runs um, in contradiction to what GoFundMe says. I'd I'd like you guys just to hear what what he says. Like, you've got top notch law enforcement people working with the Freedom Convoy and making sure everything is safe. So. Where did GoFundMe get this information from? Anyway, let's turn it over to uh, Daniel Bulford. Afternoon. My name is Daniel Bulford. I am a recently resigned member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police after 15 years of service. I resigned from the RCMP over the mandate after publicly speaking opposing the mandates. We have been uh, working closely with the Ottawa Police Service, the OPP, the RCMP, and the Parliamentary Protective Service right from early last week liaising with them. Any information that we have received related to any public safety concern has been immediately forwarded to the respective police services because the safety of the truckers, the Ottawa public, the police and first responders is our paramount concern. And that includes our effort to ensure emergency vehicle access and routes at all times. My primary concern is individuals or groups with potential to deliberately instigate conflict with the Freedom Convoy movement in order to discredit the Freedom Convoy 2022. We've seen circulating messaging in the media and social media about people associated to the Freedom Convoy 2022 being arrested and charged. I have it on very reliable information that people from the movement were not associated and that offenses related to property damage and just an assault this morning committed by agitators were witnessed and reported by a trucker and one of our volunteer security personnel which was reported to the police and handled by the Ottawa Police Service. What I have seen with my own eyes on the odd break that I get are truckers and supporters of the movement feeding the homeless for free right on Wellington, filling their backpacks. Truckers taking a whole trailer full of food down to a homeless shelter, maintaining cleanliness of city streets, including picking up discarded masks all over the ground that we've come to see, centralized garbage collection, shoveling snow at the war memorial, 
and the Terry Fox statue, decorating those two locations and providing security for those two locations. I've even seen people have tents set up right by Terry Fox in order to protect that statue. And I expect that that level of commitment to the City of Ottawa and respecting our traditions in this country is just getting started. Thank you for your time. So <clears throat> that's basically a guy that was an elite member of the RCMP that was a sniper that actually looked out for Justin Trudeau telling you exactly what's going on on the ground. So where, like, a, it is going to be interesting to see what GoFundMe comes up with because <clears throat> they're in a lot of trouble for this. A lot of trouble for this. And I know I was planning on moving on, but I just remembered that clip and I was like, oh, we, we got to cover that too. <laughs> Okay, my friends, this time we actually are going to move on. All right, what I want to do is I want to turn your attention back over to Joe Rogan. Um, he did a response uh, about a week ago to um, Spotify, everybody saying that they were going to remove his music on or his music, his podcast from Spotify, or they were going to remove their music from Spotify if they didn't remove his podcast. And you had a bunch of people um, uh, coming basically saying that uh you know it's either he me or me or him and and uh <laughs> they've all they've all lost anyway now spotify is basically saying that um <clears throat> joe rogan has been using racial slurs and they're starting to remove a lot of his podcast episodes i don't know if he was or not uh, i don't you know other than when joe rogan interviews people that i know uh can speak hard facts about covid19 I don't really listen to his podcast. I find it to be too long and a lot of it doesn't even interest me, his guests and so on and so forth. So maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know the circumstances, but they are trying to... So basically what, if you want my take on this, the what Spotify is trying to do is appease their globalist masters and start removing, uh, <clears throat> finding anything they can with Joe Rogan and move, uh, removing specific episodes. It's the same thing happens at CPR. Uh, we, they're, they're removing episodes all the time. Uh, mainly it's Spotify that runs almost all of it. Right. Um, so you got to answer to them. And if you piss them off at all, uh, they'll just, they'll just get rid of you. Uh, I'm surprised actually they haven't, um, they haven't blocked me this time. Um, but we're still here. They are removing episodes all the time. Um, now it's mainly, they're going after me for copyright, but, uh, you know, if Joe Rogan did actually use racial slurs, well, then they've got them. And so that's, from what I hear, it's already been like 70 episodes that they've removed of his. So it's just the start for Joe Rogan. We'll see how it plays out. Removing him completely would be retarded of Spotify. I like, like you guys have heard me say the guy's got like 11 million, uh, listeners, within the first day that jumps up to like 19 million by day two he's got a crazy following he he has more of a following than all mainstream media networks combined combined he beats them all you know cnn's got what a couple hundred thousand and they're all airport tvs basically turned on to their to their channel 247 can you imagine if all the airport tvs got shut off how many viewers actually cnn would have probably Probably tens of thousands, that's it. And it's probably on in old folks' homes where everybody's got Alzheimer's. <laughs> so they don't even know what they're watching. Anyway, <clears throat> I did want to cover this response to Spotify because uh, Joe Rogan delivers a very good response. So let's listen to what Joe Rogan had to tell us. Hello, friends. I wanted to make a video to address some of the controversy that's been going on over the past few days. And first of all, to say thank you to everyone that sent love and support. I truly, truly appreciate it. And it's been very nice to hear from you. 
I wanted to make this video, first of all, because I think there's a lot of people that have a distorted perception of what I do, maybe based on sound bites or based on headlines of articles that are disparaging. Um, the podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation, specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically about two, one with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist and he is the most published physician in his field in history. Dr. Robert Malone owns nine patents on the creation of mRNA vaccine technology and is at least partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. Both these people are very highly credentialed, very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. I had them on, and because of that, those episodes in particular, uh, they, those episodes were labeled as being dangerous. They had dangerous misinformation in them. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Like, for instance, eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID. You would be removed from social media. They would, they would ban you from certain platforms. Now that's accepted as fact. If you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Now that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now that's on the cover of Newsweek. All of those theories that at one point in time were banned were openly discussed by those two men that I had on my podcast that have been accused of dangerous misinformation. I do not know if they're right. I don't know because I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist. I'm just a person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely, I get things wrong, but I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. I'm interested in finding out what the truth is. And I'm interested in having interesting conversations with people that have differing opinions. Um, I'm not interested in only talking to people that uh, have one perspective. That's one of the reasons why I had Sanjay Gupta on, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who I respect very much, and I really enjoyed our conversation together. He has a different opinion than those men do. I had Dr. Dr. Michael Osterholm on at the very beginning of the pandemic. Um, he is on President Biden's COVID-19 advisory board. I had uh, Dr. Peter Hotez on, who is uh, a vaccine expert. I'm interested in finding out what is correct and find, I'm also finding out how people come to these conclusions and what the facts are. Now, because of this controversy, and I'm sure there's a lot of other things going on behind the scenes with these controversies, but uh, Neil Young has removed his music from the, the platform of Spotify and uh, Joni Mitchell and uh, apparently some other people want to as well. Um, I'm very sorry that they feel that way. I, I, I most certainly don't want that. Uh, I'm a Neil Young fan. I've always been a Neil Young fan. I'll tell you a story at the end of this about that. One of the things that Spotify wants to do that I agree with is that at the beginning of these controversial podcasts, like specifically ones about COVID, is to put a disclaimer and say that you should speak with your physician and that these people and the opinions that they express are contrary to the opinions of uh, the consensus of experts. 
which I think is very important. Sure, have that on there. I'm very happy with that. Um, also, I think uh, if there's anything that I've done that I could do better is uh, have more experts with differing opinions right after I have the controversial ones. Uh, I would most certainly be open to doing that. And uh, I would like to talk to some people that have uh, differing opinions on those podcasts in the future. We'll see. Um, you know, I do all the scheduling myself and uh, I don't always get it right. This, these podcasts are very strange because they're just conversations. And oftentimes I have no idea what I'm going to talk about until I sit down and talk to people. And that's why some of my ideas are not that prepared or fleshed out because I'm literally having them in real time. Um, but I do my best and they're just conversations. And I think that's also the appeal of the show. It's one of the things that makes it interesting. Um, so, uh, I want to thank Spotify for being so supportive during this time. Uh, and I'm very sorry that this is happening to them and that they're taking so much heat from it. And so now the, the Neil Young story, <laughs> when I, 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 first of all, I'm not mad at Neil Young. I'm a huge Neil Young fan. I've always been a Neil Young fan when I was. Okay, that's where we're going to stop it because fuck Neil Young. <laughs> He's Canadian and fuck that guy. You want to be like that? Same as Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell's Canadian too. Fuck her too. Both these people were supposedly like in the 60s were against oppression and all this stuff. And now they're fucking demanding that Spotify take their, take someone with a different view, take his podcast off or they're going to remove their music. Fuck both of them. They are nothing what they claim to be. In the 60s and 70s. Nothing. They are complete sellouts is what they are. Oh, man. <clears throat> but anyway, it's it's interesting to see how Joe Rogan's uh, uh, dealing with it. You know, he doesn't need to bow down to Spotify. He doesn't need to. He could pull his show. And he would take a huge portion of um, <clears throat> Spotify's listeners with him. So why, why even bother is my opinion. But I, I guess, you know, when you really pay attention to Joe Rogan, he's actually a little more left of center. Like the guy um, is, is quite a bit more liberal than you or I or anybody that listens to this podcast anyway. So I can see that he's trying to make it work. I get it. Um, at CPR, we don't give a fuck. Uh, we'll openly slam these people for their actions. Um, you know, people have done some great digging into Neil Young. It's, it turns out his music is owned by basically the deep state at this point. So of course he had to, uh, he had to come out. They made him come out. He's a puppet for them. He's a meat puppet, a globalist meat puppet. So he had no choice. Joni Mitchell, on the other hand, I don't know. People haven't dug into her as deep, but it's starting to look, you know, by her actions. Um, it's probably the same story. Like I said earlier, fuck both of them. I, I could care less. Yeah, I like some Neil, Neil Young music. Yeah, I like Joni Mitchell. Does it? Do I have to listen to him? Hell no. Nope. Doesn't, doesn't change my life at all. <laughs> all right, my friends. What I want to do next is I want to turn your attention to an expose article um, that is kind of highlighting some of the government of Canada's information that would suggest, uh, the title reads, Official Government of Canada data suggests the fully vaccinated are just weeks away from developing acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Now, this was written uh, by the expose on February 6, 2020, 2022. It has one of those read-along things, so we'll see if this works for us. <clears throat> and uh, we'll turn it over to the actual uh, article to read. Once it kicks in. <laughs> Hang with me here. 
Government of Canada data on COVID-19 suggests that most of the fully vaccinated are developing full-blown COVID-19 vaccine-induced acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, AIDS, after confirming that the immune systems of the fully vaccinated have already degraded to an average of minus 81%. The Canadian COVID-19 figures are produced by the Government of Canada, see here. Their latest data is available as a downloadable PDF here. Page 20 onwards contains data on COVID-19 cases from the very start of the COVID-19 vaccination campaign in Canada on the 14th of December 20 all the way through to the 15th of January 22. At first glance it would appear as if Canada is currently experiencing a pandemic of the unvaccinated, with the fully vaccinated not far behind. But this appearance is a fraud. By looking at a previously published report with figures on cases between the 14th of December 20 and the 4th of December 21, and then carrying out simple subtraction, we are able to deduce the number of COVID-19 cases by vaccination status between the 5th of December 21 and the 15th of January 22, and they are astounding. Here is the table for the number of cases by vaccination status between the 14th of December 20 and the 4th of December 21, thanks to the gift of the Wayback Machine. The following chart shows the number of cases by vaccination status between the 5th of December 21 and the 15th of January 22. Once we simply subtract the 4th of December figures from the 15th of January figures in the above two tables. As you can clearly see, despite huge discrimination against the unvaccinated by Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Canada is very much experiencing a pandemic of the fully vaccinated with this demographic recording a shocking 492,893 cases between the 5th of December and the 15th of January 22, compared to just 61,971 cases among the not vaccinated population. In Canada, according to the 4th of December report, 22.2 million people are at least double vaccinated and 23.2 million people are at least partly vaccinated. According to official statistics, the population of Canada in 2020 was estimated to be 38.01 million. Therefore, because 23.1 million people in Canada have had at least a single dose of a COVID-19 vaccine, this leaves approximately 14.81 million people in Canada who are not vaccinated against COVID-19. The government of Canada failed to produce the case rates per 100k which would allow us to work out the real-world vaccine effectiveness, but thankfully we can work out what these case rates are ourselves. To calculate the unvaccinated case rate per 100k all we have to do is divide the size of the unvaccinated population by 100,000, and then divide the number of cases by the answer to the previous equation. Population equals 14.81 million, 100,000 equals 148.1. Number of cases equals 61,972, 148.1 equals 418.4 which means the unvaccinated case rate is 418.4 COVID-19 cases per 100,000 population. We then perform a similar calculation for the fully vaccinated. Population equals 22.2 million, 100,000 equals 222. No of cases equals 492,893 220 seconds equals 2,220.23 which means the fully vaccinated case rate is 2,220.23 COVID-19 cases per 100,000 population. Then we can use Pfizer's vaccine effectiveness formula to work out the real-world vaccine effectiveness. Unvaccinated case rate, vaccinated case rate, unvaccinated case rate equals vaccine effectiveness. 418.4 to 2,220.23 equals minus 1,801.83, 
418.4 x 100 equals minus minus 430.6 percent. Therefore, the real-world COVID-19 vaccine effectiveness in Canada is minus minus 430.6 percent. This means the fully vaccinated are 5.3 times more likely to be infected with COVID-19 than the unvaccinated population. This is what vaccination has done to the people of Canada. But vaccine effectiveness isn't really a measure of a vaccine, it is a measure of a vaccine recipient's immune system performance compared to the immune system performance of an unvaccinated person. The COVID-19 vaccine is supposed to train your immune system to recognize the spike protein of the original strain of the COVID-19 virus. It does this by instructing your cells to produce the spike protein, then your immune system produces antibodies and remembers to use them later if you encounter the spike part of the COVID-19 virus again. But the vaccine doesn't hang around after it's done the initial training, it leaves your immune system to take care of the rest. So when the authorities state that the effectiveness of the vaccines weaken over time, what they really mean is that the performance of your immune system weakens over time. The problem we're seeing here is that the immune system isn't returning to its original and natural state. If it was then the outcomes of infection with COVID-19 would be similar to the outcomes among the not vaccinated population. Instead, it continues to decline at a rate that means the not vaccinated population have a better performing immune system, so this means the COVID-19 injections are decimating the immune systems of the fully vaccinated. But to work out immune system performance we have to alter the calculation used to work out vaccine effectiveness slightly and divide our answer by either the largest of the vaccinated or unvaccinated case rate. Unvaccinated case rate. Vaccinated case rate. Largest of the unvaccinated. Vaccinated case rate equals immune system performance. 418.4 to 2220.23 equals minus 1801.83. 2220.23 x 100 equals minus minus 81.55%. This means fully vaccinated Canadians currently have an 81.55% lower immune response than the unvaccinated have to COVID-19. Therefore, the average fully vaccinated Canadian is down to the last 18.45% of their immune system for fighting certain classes of viruses and certain cancers etc. The question is, when will the remaining 18.45% of their immune system be depleted? If we do everything we've done above again with the numbers taken from the Government of Canada COVID-19 report containing data up to the 4th of December 2021, and another previous report containing data up to the 13th of November 2021 we can work out the real-world vaccine effectiveness and immune system performance between the 14th of November and the 4th of December 21. This will allow us to see the rate of decline between the 14th of November and the 15th of January 22. Here are the figures on cases by vaccination status between the 14th of December 20 and 13th November 21. Now all we have to do is subtract these from the 4th of December figures to work out the number of cases by vaccination status between the 14th of November and the 4th of December 21. The following chart shows us the answer. The majority of cases were still among the fully vaccinated but as you can see the levels compared to the unvaccinated were nowhere near the levels seen between December 5 and January 15, 22. Based on vaccination levels at the time these figures equate to a case rate of 91.45 per 100,000 among the unvaccinated, and a case rate of 101.06 among the fully vaccinated. Therefore the real-world vaccine effectiveness between the 14th of November and the 4th of December 21 equated to minus minus 10.5%, and the immune system performance equated to minus minus 9.5%. This means that between the 4th of December and the 15th of January 22, 
vaccine effectiveness fell by 420.5%, and the immune system performance fell by 71.6% from the figures recorded between the 14th of November and the 4th of December 21. We daren't tell you what that could mean for the immune systems of the fully vaccinated in Canada by the end of February 2022. These truly astonishing figures show that we are over 5x safer from COVID-19 than the vaccinated in a room, a restaurant, a bar, a nightclub, a train, a boat, or a plane full of unvaccinated people than we are with, fully vaccinated, people. It also looks like the unvaccinated are reaching sub-herd immunity against COVID-19 whereas the fully vaccinated are being prevented from reaching it by the vaccines. The Canadian figures have destroyed the case for vaccine passports anywhere in the world, and by themselves prove instead the case for an immediate gene therapy and spike protein vaccination ban. The fully vaccinated fare so badly against COVID-19 now because vaccine-induced antibodies against the alpha spike protein are next to useless against Omicron. So the underlying progressive immune system damage wrought by incessant spike protein production has almost nothing to hide behind, nothing to offset itself against. We therefore see in these figures a much closer estimate of how much damage has been done to vaccinated people than we were able to see with Delta figures for cases in the vaccinated and unvaccinated. The UK has 72.1% of the population double vaccinated, 55.6% of the population triple vaccinated, 5.8% of the population partly vaccinated and 22.1% of the population unvaccinated, our world in data. So Brits will be doing quite a bit worse than the Canadians at the moment having a substantially higher percentage of vaccination victims. The official government of Canada COVID-19 data shows that every fully vaccinated person will have full-blown vaccine-mediated AIDS in a very short amount of time unless something drastically changes. Whatever amount of the immune system that is presently left with the ability fight Omicron will have dissipated. This will cause a massive burden on the health service of Canada, and massive pain suffering and death. All of which has been inflicted upon us by a corrupted healthcare system. This must be the biggest own goal in medical history. So some very <clears throat> scary numbers uh, coming out of the expose uh, in regards to Canada. Now, my biggest takeaway, and I have a tendency to believe this, actually, um, for me, was the fact that uh, fully vaccinated Canadian is down to their last 18.45% of their immune system for fighting certain classes of viruses and certain cancers, etc. Uh, that ties in perfectly to the last episode, my friends, where... Uh, on both sides of the line, you had people telling us that uh, cancer is is exploding in the population. So, it, and what and if this if what the expose is saying is true, which I have a tendency to to believe it is, then that would explain it. You you the the immune systems of of fully vaccinated individuals are now running on uh, their reserve tank, and eighteen point five eighteen point four five percent fuel in your reserve tank is not going to last very fucking long is it my friends so are we on the verge of seeing uh the vaccinated population start dying off in droves i i i hope not i've always hoped not for those of you that have been listening to the show for the long time for a long time you you know that is i've never wanted to see this play out but it's starting to look like the evidence is pointing towards the fact that we might actually live through a massive die-off of the population because of these vaccines and if it does happen then what then what you know that's the true question <clears throat> if they kill off the bulk majority of the population what's to stop them from genociding the rest of us besides us
you know, if you look at, uh, if you look at agenda 2030 and you look at, um, the great reset put forward by the economic forum, uh, the world economic forum, um, I think they're going to focus on the cities. They want to modernize the cities. And I think those of us that are rural will probably get forgotten about for now. Um, you know, we'll be excluded from absolutely everything, of course, uh, depending on how long they leave us be, um, you'd see a return to a trade and barter system and, uh, people would probably, communities would work together and survival would become a community effort, uh, kind of like the way it was before a long time ago. Um, but we'll see how this plays out. I, I, I don't want to predict that too much yet, <clears throat> But it is starting to look like the evidence is pointing towards the fact that we might be facing a mass die-off. We'll see. Um, if the cancer numbers continue to uh, explode the way they, that uh, experts are telling us on both sides of the border, um, it, within the next two to five years, we could be witnessing this. As, and from what I understand, uh, especially from Dr. Ryan Cole, who is a pathologist south of the line, He's saying it's very aggressive cancers that, that are surfacing in, in the fully vaccinated. Um, so, we're, you know, we're talking about getting a cancer diagnosis and probably being dead in three months for a lot of them. It's going to be something to witness if, if it, it truly does happen. Now, like, like, I've, like I've said, I'm still holding out hope that this doesn't happen. Just like you, a big portion of my family is, is fully vaccinated. So I don't want to see this happen. I guess if, I guess if it starts looking that way, um, we can fall back on for those of us that, uh, for those that we love, for those of us that have been paying attention to, um, doctors speaking truth, uh, maybe it's a good idea to get your fully vaccinated family onto an ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine wet regiment. Now, um, <clears throat> maybe they can knock a lot of the damage down that these shots have done to their immune system. Um, we'll see. That's something, that's a talk that each of us would have to have with our family members, um, to, to attempt to save them. If this is, is indeed true, but you know, we're, we're listening to the people that are telling us the truth and it's starting to look like it. So as always, I'm going to hold out hope that maybe there's a slim chance that this isn't, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a realist. Um, and it, it's starting to look like it is. So with that being said, all we can do is um, watch, observe, and I guess prepare for the next stage if it goes this route. Okay, my friends, we are over the hour, so that's where we're going to end this one. As always, if you want to reach out to me, uh, you can find me on Facebook. It's Canadian Patriot Radio. If you prefer email, it's uh, CanadianPatriotRadio at gmail.com. Uh, I encourage everybody to join the Telegram conversation that is constantly going on Telegram. Uh, if you want to find the CPR room, it's uh, t.me backslash CPR underscore two. And if you prefer websites, it's CanadianPatriotRadio.ca. Uh, thank you, my friends, to everybody that is sharing the show. Uh, we've had a, a whole bunch of new listeners jump on this last week. So welcome, everybody, to CPR. I'm glad that you're here. And um, like I say at the closing of every show, it's only word of mouth that gets this show out. We're not in it for profit. Uh, we're not doing it for um, uh, notoriety. There's no ulterior motive to this show. This show is strictly for Canadians to listen to Canadian truths or world truths. Like we, we, as you can tell, we cover all the news that we can find that we consider truthful, uh, throughout the entire world. So, um, thank you to everybody that has, uh, helped and growing the show and, uh, you know, uh, welcome everybody that is new to the show. Um, 
And uh, please be aware that I welcome your input. So use any of the avenues that I had mentioned earlier um, to to get in touch with me, or if you want to share information with me, if you got something that you think that uh, should be on the show, I'm open minded and I will review it. And um, you know, another thing I should say: there's a lot of people that share stuff, and and um, I don't use it. And it's not it's not that uh, it, it's it's more the fact that I I try to keep it to an hour long show, and I try to go with the most um, I guess hard hitting news that it, that affects all of us. So there's a lot of people contributing that so far, maybe haven't gotten as much exposure as as others. Uh, and don't don't think that I'm ignoring you or that I'm not using your information. I'm just basically categorizing uh, each show into uh, what people are probably going to want to hear the most. That's really all it comes down to. It's not uh, I'm not discriminating against any of you. <laughs> <laughs> and please don't stop contributing. Uh, please share everything that you're finding with me. Um, I welcome all of it. So, okay, my friends, until next time, in all thy sons, command. for joining us for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. CPR is not filmed before a live studio audience. If you like the show, friends, make sure you give us a thumbs up and share us on all your social media platforms. Until next time, take care.